When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Be sure to go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com for all of your equipment, apparel, and accessory needs. They've even got training aids. They've got all the great stuff from all the brands that you hear on our podcast every week. So once again, that is WorldwideGolfShops.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. All right, folks, welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. And, of course, you can send us an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. We are here on site at Hammock Beach Resort getting ready for the UST Mamiya Distance Bash. And, of course, I am joined by the Director of Marketing, Mr. Danny Lee. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. It's uh, been a little while. I think the last time we saw each other was in Orlando. Yep. And now it was great. And then, uh, you know, getting here was kind of a, a, a wild goose chase. <laughs> it was <laughs> a long so. day yesterday. Oh, just, just the different flight connections. and Yeah. Uh, it was an adventure. I've never been on a plane heading to a destination where the airport actually had a crash. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, and oh, uh, we had to fly back to Charlotte and, and wait and wait for the next flight available. Yeah. I was worried about getting here for the event you know, with, uh, with uh, uh, THP and the UST Mamiya Distance Bash. So yeah. you know, I was kind of worried about that, but you know, it's all good now. It's all good now. And listeners, uh, for those of you who are on the THP forums, of course, I think JB, Josh Babbitt, actually shared a picture of your flight. It was this big loop just through a, what looked like just a glob of green bad weather. It wasn't too bad, actually. You know? nope. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, the, the, the blob is all over us, but it didn't, it didn't hit us until about 3 or 4 o'clock. So yeah. uh, we went from good weather... And then flew out and then actually flew back to bad weather where it was <laughs> snowing in Charlotte, of all things. Oh, wow. Wow. So what was that, like a, you said four flights? Uh, you know, th- uh, yeah, four flights, actually. <laughs> Is that right? That's, you know, we were, I was uh, flying out of Dallas mm-hmm. to Charlotte, Charlotte into Daytona. Uh, and then actually we flew Charlotte to Daytona about 15 minutes away and then they turned back. Oh, wow. And they turned back into Charlotte instead of going to Jacksonville, Orlando. Yeah which was kind of crazy. But anyways, got back to Charlotte and then ended up flying back, in, flying into Jacksonville wow. and taking a car <laughs> another hour and a half down to uh, the event here. Yeah, that is a long day. And so now we're, where we are now, we're in the Hammock Beach uh, Resort, as I mentioned. And of course, we're here for the U.S. Team Mia Distance Bash. And Danny, uh, for the listeners who might not be familiar with you, you're, you're a common name at THP. People know uh, people know you, people know what you do, but why don't, you give us, <laughs> why don't you give us a little background for those who might not know the name of Danny Lee, what do you do at the company? Um, my job title is Senior Director of Marketing, and I've been with the company now for eight plus years. I've okay. uh, been in the golf business 20 years on the retail side for six years. I worked at Bridgestone Golf for five years in charge of uh, club marketing there. Uh, during that time frame, I was responsible for three different product launches. Oh, cool. So real familiar with how clubs are made and decision-making, the graphics, the look, and everything uh, from soup to nuts, basically. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then joined US Team Mimi in, in uh, uh, 2012. So I've been with the company a little bit over eight years plus now. Yeah. Uh, my main responsibility at US Team Mimi, obviously on the marketing side, but really driven by uh, products and developing products that fit the average golfers. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at right now, is just trying to develop products that are better fit for the average consumer versus the tour players. We still chase that tour player, yeah. developing profile for that particular player, but really that average handicap, you know, the guy that plays golf once a week. So mm. uh, it's been a really exciting eight plus years. And, and, you know, over the years now driven into the party market side, it's been exciting. Nice. And so you jumped from, well, not jumped, but you transitioned from Bridgestone into UST. And obviously there's a very specific focus at the company you're at now. And so what was that transition like? I mean, obviously Bridgestone, you've got a whole plethora of different product lines that you're looking at. And then of course, at the UST, you're dealing primarily in golf shafts, of course. Um, you know, honestly, it was a really easy transition. Um, you know, by, you know, when I started in the golf business 20 years ago, I was a golf junkie. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get enough of, uh, of information about whether it's club head, shafts, grips, you know, whatever it is out there. I chased that, that knowledge in, in terms of trying to get more information so that way I can be a better asset to the, the regular consumer that's playing golf. Yeah. You know, because uh, I'm fortunate enough to work with the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. But really, the best part of doing anything is working with the the hack or the you know the THP group. Yeah, the the person who's shooting you know ninety and how do we get them to play more golf and how do we make it more enjoyable? Uh, you know, one of the things I read on your you know Twitter feed and stuff like that, yeah. you talk about ball rollback. That's <laughs> that's nonsense. I mean, come on, what is that? I'm gonna get that all week, I bet, weekend at least for sure. Yeah. yeah. What's your thinking there with trying to do a ball rollback? Yeah, you know, the whole thing of that is you know. It's funny is because that's what everyone kind of gravitates to is the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball. And I know that that's kind of been the big um, piece of equipment, at least, that people want to impact, or at least that's what they think the USGA wants to impact. And they actually, in their distance um, insights report, haven't really said, at least they've made no recommendation, actually. There's no, there wasn't really anything no, at the exactly. end of the report. It's just yeah. a report. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's a, a report to let the consumer disseminate the information as they, they feel fit. Yeah, you know? yeah. So... Seems stuff stuff out there from ball manufacturers that right. talk about okay, it's the agronomy, whatever it is. Yeah, you know why is there a distance increase? And mm-hmm. you know the main thing is like you look at the players out there; they're totally different from the players twenty years ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, everything is. I mean, the technology is different, and really, the whole end of the day. I mean, as you were mentioning with helping out the average player, you know, the the main people who are listening to this from THP as well as everywhere else. Heck, even myself. I mean, everyone wants to get a little bit of an advantage on the course. Correct. And so working with that, that demographic, that cadre, I guess you could say, what are some of the things that UST does that really differentiates itself from other shaft companies? Because I would imagine that personal touch with the everyday golfer is one of the things. Yeah. Uh, the, the main thing is really focus on um, developing product that fits the, the majority of golfers out there average consumer right yeah, yeah you know you think about oh the tour players well that's not what the average handicap is out there you know right you're talking about guys that are 15 plus handicaps and uh you know average age over 50 years old those type of players in general have slower swing speed mm-hmm. need something typically a little bit lighter generate a little bit more speed mm-hmm. to kind of get the distance that they, they had uh, you know 20 30 years ago right so developing lightweight products 
that fit that market, but also at the same time, a lightweight product that's stable. Yeah. So typically, you know, in the past with graphite shaft manufacturers, and we've been guilty of this, is basically developing products that are very flimsy, flexible, uh, lightweight, so it's not, and so when someone tries it, they're like, wow, this doesn't feel right, doesn't feel stable. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you know, when I joined the company eight years ago, you know, we developed recoil product and, and created a, a great product that was better than steel. Yeah. You know, that's, that was our mantra when we developed that product to make a product better than steel. Mm-hmm. And recoil now is the number one graphite shaft out in the marketplace. We've, we have over 4.5 million units out there. Wow. A lot of iron shafts out there. So yeah. uh, it's been a great success. And really the, the goal behind that was, again, forge that, that 15 plus handicap mm-hmm. who's you know, swinging slower, but it's going to feel good. It's going to be very stable. Uh, and you know, that iron category, we've done a good job of, of developing that product category. Right. And now we've switched that over into the wood shaft too as well. Yeah. You know, this year we launched, uh, last year we launched helium. Yep. Great shaft. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing that. I am. It's a lightweight shaft, Mm -hmm. you know, basically a a 50 gram structure to 59 gram structure. Yep. But cater to the lightweight, you know, to develop a little bit more speed, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also time to make it more stable. Yeah. You know, and and if you can make something that's stable and lightweight, you know, people can generate a little bit more speed. That's something that I've noticed about UST, um, the shafts themselves, and specifically, you talk about stability. They seem to be a little bit more stout than than competing brands, if I if, if I can go so far as saying that. Yep. Um, is obviously that's by design. But you were talking a little bit just a moment ago about the golfer who may be losing a little bit of their fastball, so to speak. Would you say that the golfers you typically work with in that amateur demographic is it that that they're actually trying to get back to something they once had or is it that they're trying to capitalize on perhaps their peak performance now or a mixture of both i think it's a mixture of both you know obviously if you were swinging you know 105 miles per hour plus 20 years ago sure and you know you're trying to take advantage of the technology today Mm -hmm. which is awesome because you know you have these launch monitors out there that captures all this data point yeah I mean, you know... Numbers don't lie these days. <laughs> no, they don't. And that's where, if you look at junior golf, these these juniors are taking advantage of technology, and that's why they're hitting it further. Right. You know, if you look at, even as an example of myself, mm-hmm. you know, I used to swing 100 miles per hour. You know, I still swing roughly that, but I hit it further today because of technology. Sure. The ability to see the numbers and utilize the numbers to get to the, that, that goal of hitting it further, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about, you know, the average golfer out there is hitting 200 yard drives that's reality right and, you know, you know the, the fact that people think that everyone's hitting it 300 yards is, is a false premise right i see enough golfers out there that if they hit it 225 that's that's a great tee shot for them mm-hmm. and so when you're playing a course if you're not playing the right set of tees that's gonna be a long day yeah so taking advantage of the technology in the head marrying it with the right shaft mm-hmm. grip combination for that golfer mm-hmm they can see better launch conditions. That's really key is the launch conditions. And, you know, with golf shafts in general, is looking at the numbers. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, the golf shaft engine. Well, the golf shaft really is making that golfer better by fine-tuning the numbers. Mm. So kind of perfecting what they're already producing, fine-tuning a little bit, as you said, and then getting the best performance that they possibly can. Correct, yeah. yeah. And you, you've been on launch monitors, you yep. know. You'll see the launch angle, spin rates, and stuff like that, and they're like, "What does that mean?" Well, 
you know, everyone's always trying to pigeonhole this person into this category. Right. There's a lot of factors that, that, that goes into it. That's why it's important to go get fit mm-hmm. because you can, you know, go to someone who understands the numbers and can disseminate information to you. So, okay, you know, what you're launching at 12 degrees and you're spinning it, you know, like at 3,000. <laughs> right. Well, you know, is that good or bad? Mm-hmm. All right. It just really depends on the situation. You know, there's optimal range for every different swing. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to fit in that in with golf shafts in general, wood shafts in general, you know, going lighter might not be better. Right. Going heavier might be better, depending mm-hmm. on a lot of different factors. You know, obviously combat speed, but tempo, mm-hmm. how you transition from the top down, you know, release factor and all that good stuff adds up to what you fit into and you won't know until you actually do that. And and that's important to to understand. And I think you know, so we're recording this on Friday, pretty much the eve of the fittings that we're going to be doing for the six THPers that have come down. Um, and so you're going to be helping them out. And I think maybe you're going to see, well, maybe you, you tell me, what do you expect to see from these folks? Do you expect to kind of do some myth busting with them where they might think like you were just touching on where, well, if I want to swing it faster, I got to get a lighter shaft and that's obviously going to help me hit it further. But that might not be the case. No, definitely not going to be the case. I mm-hmm. think, you know, a couple of them, uh, going the opposite of what they think they need, you know, because everyone is, is a proponent of, of the main thing when you look at launch monitor numbers is, you know, for me is ball mm-hmm. speed is king. Sure. Ball speed and then launch conditions, obviously, you know, launch angle, spin rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those all factor into what is ideal for that individual golfer. Mm-hmm. You know, for yourself, you know, you, you know, let's say you hit it steep. Right. You hit down on the ball. Well, your, your launch angles can be relatively low. Your spin rates can be relatively high. Sure. So that, that, that marries together. You know, typically with launch goes up, spin needs to go down. If launch is low, spin needs to go up uh, gotcha. to keep the ball from there. Gotcha. Uh, so there's, you know, I guarantee you there will be one or two surprises where they're like, whoa, yeah. I didn't expect to hit that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's so. the goal, isn't it? I mean, to, you know, to kind of let folks know that they don't have to change a whole heck of a lot with their golf swing, per se, but they're able to really, as we've been saying, optimize the game that they already have right. just by making some adjustments to the equipment they're playing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really, it's, it's go back to what I said, it's fine-tuning, right? Yeah. Making them understand where they're at, you know, because, uh, you know, every golfer is different out there. So it's not like, you know, there's a one-size-fit-all mentality. Sure. There's literally, you can have the product that has three different profiles, and this person picks it based on feel. Mm-hmm. But if the if the numbers match, then that's the most important fit right there. It's not necessarily I've been I've fit tour players out there where it's optimal in the launch monitor, and we go to the golf course they can't hit it anywhere or they can't keep it in the fairway. Mm. You're like, what happened between the driving <laughs> range and the course? It's two different things. Yeah. So it's important to fit, you know, on the range, uh, and then take that to the course and validate what they saw on the range. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's gonna be exciting to see these six different. You know, golfers, you know, we have guys that are single-digit handicap, and we have guys that are double-digit handicaps. Right. And I guarantee each one of them is going to come out and like, whoa, I didn't expect, to, you know, to hit it straighter or hit it longer. Yeah. You know, the idea of, you know, maximizing distance is there, but also maximizing dispersion. Yeah. That, and those are the key things that every golfer, when they go get fit, they want to take a look at, and they want to make sure that they control. You know, we talk a lot about a control and fitting on the podcast here, and so... You know, you were talking a little bit about the, the um, environment that the fitting will take place in. And so, obviously, we're going to be outdoors on the range. It's going to be a little windy out there uh, today. It's going to be a lot windy. <laughs> be a lot windy. We actually went and hit a few balls uh, uh, along with JB um, 
before we got here. I think we hit like five each and then ran inside. But how much does that environment or will that environment, if at all, impact the results of what these guys are going to see? Uh, it is, uh, but the, the main thing is we're fitting an environment that they're playing golf into. Yeah, good point. Right? So, you know, we're going to be outdoors and, you know, they can see the, the ball flight. There's going to be no restrictions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think from a standpoint of fitting, it, it's, it's we can establish a baseline with their current product. Right. So as long as their baseline is, you know, their current product and then into, you know, the new driver that we're going to fit them into with a new shaft, mm-hmm. as long as we can see improvements, whether it's dispersion, whether it's distance, whatever those numbers we're trying to look at, the main thing is getting that, that, that first part done where we're seeing their actual driver, their numbers, and what they see on a daily basis, mm-hmm. okay? Because they're, you know, again, double-digit handicaps. They're going to miss shots regardless of how perfectly fit they are. Sure, we all do. Yep. yep. But the main thing is being able to reduce that shot that went OB one time in a round to zero time in a round. Yeah. And improve their scores and have more fun on the golf course and hit it further, right? So, so That's interesting, too, because I know we've spoken to a few uh, club fitters and folks who dabble in club fitting, but your opinion on including those outliers or taking them out as far because you had just mentioned that we're not going to hit our best shots every time. We're not going to hit right. the center of the club face. So when you, when you fit, when you fit, do you prefer to keep those shots in to let the person know this could happen and this is how it performed? Yeah. Is that kind of how you like to go about it? Well, we want to keep uh, some of the bad shots in there. Okay. Uh, you know, like say, if there's an extreme outlier, we'll mm-hmm. take that out. Sure. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, we'll take the good shots, but then we'll also take the bad shots. Mm. The bad shots are really the key. So when you mishit it, which you will, mm-hmm. even the best players in the world mishit it more times than not. Not JB, though. He hits them all pure all the time. No, he hits it really crooked right sometimes. So. <laughs> but the, the goal is, if they're slicing it, is how can we minimize that? Right? Yeah. So if they're spinning it over 3,000, how can we keep their mishits to you know, the high 2,000s right. and their good shots you know, in the 2,000 range? And that way they can hit it further and straighter. Yeah. So really the big one is the, the miss. How do we minimize that miss? How do we minis- minimize the miss hits where they maximize distance? Right. You know, a lot of people will talk, well, oh, every club is maxed out. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. All these club companies uh, you know, have a lot of engineers working, and they're still developing products that if they can make the whole face more forgiving, right? Yep. More forgiving and, and retain ball speed, retain launch conditions, that's the ultimate goal. Mm. And then what we do on our side from the shaft side is help that out, mm-hmm. minimize that as much as possible, whether, you know, get that club head back to impact as quick as possible to where they started from. And I think that will minimize dispersion as much as possible. Yeah. And, and that's, that goes so far beyond just good marketing too. Like I know that you want to make sure that you can tell the story to the, to the consumer and kind of create the shared need with the consumer. But in the same instance, you're actually saying, look, no, I've, this is not just marketing mumbo-jumbo. I mean, you're actually improving, and you're going to show them data to say, look, to your point, the dispersion is so much tighter. Exactly, and that's by design, too, a lot of the products that we do. You know, like you said earlier, that we develop products that may be a little bit more stable, stiffer, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but then at the same time, we look at forgiveness factor into it as well. So, you know, whether it's going with uh, something that is lighter weight or even super heavy, you know, in that 70 80 gram range territory in terms of wood shafts, mm-hmm. but it's it's developing a niche that that we have something that will fit every individual golfer out there. 
that we Perfect. can fit 99.9% of the golfing population that plays golf. Nice. Nice. That's that's fantastic. And you kind of touched on a little bit about what the event itself, um, the the experience that we have here this weekend. And everyone, the, the six uh, TH peers are going to be fit into a new driver. And you had touched on a little bit earlier about the different types of shaft products that UST offers specifically for woods. You had mentioned helium. Uh, what are some of the other ones that maybe we would be seeing on the range uh, tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we'll definitely see a lot of uh, a wide range. We have Quantum, which is our new lightweight product, a uh, very stable product mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be like in the uh, high 40, low 50 range. Helium is more in the 50 gram range on so the lightweight, stable product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Link, which is our new product that we launched in tour last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll start seeing that in the retail space this year. Um, so that's more of a 60, 70 gram model we make 80 grams as well but really tour driven uh, that's going to be using really the latest technology in terms of materials design process and stuff like that so you know helium is using higher modulus material to make it more stable same thing with quantum but link is using q fiber Mm -hmm. which is a material uh, that that's on the 45 body supply that makes it more stable Mm. uh, increases hoop stiffness and stability uh, increases really maximum energy transfer to the golf ball uh, so that that provides stability or really dispersion and then also really great feel. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the Link product is in as well. And then we also have our Japanese product uh, called a, a TOS mm-hmm. line, yep. uh, which is developed in Japan. And so, th- th- again, that's using the best material available to us in terms of uh, the fiber material and developing a shaft that's going to be really good feeling mm-hmm. uh, because of the design and because of the material. Uh, so that's the main feedback we always get with our toss product is the feel. Yeah, it feels very smooth, very stable. Uh, so that that'll be on the range as well. So nice. we have a gamut of product that will fit pretty much that guy that swings really slow, that struggles with a little speed with the quantum helium. Mm-hmm. The better player, the stronger player who who's, who swings it really hard mm-hmm. and the 60, 70 gram range, and that quick transition player too with that uh, you know link product and that a toss product too. So nice. I think with the products that we have. For them tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think you know you'll see a, a wide range of, of shafts being fit into these individuals. Nice. And the the thing is, when you do fitting again, back to what we said, it's about feedback from them. They'll tell us, they'll tell me if it's good or bad. Right. You know, it could be one shot, it could be one swing. Like, oh my god, this is one of the best things. And you know, from a fitting standpoint, uh, even on tour and stuff like that, we we try to minimize the swing to about three to four swings. Really? Whether it's head or shaft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because as, as golfers, we see certain things out there, right? You hit a shot and you're like, hmm, it's doing that. So you're trying to, your head is like, how do I figure not to do that? And mm-hmm. so you're, you're messing around. So I've seen that with the best players in the world. You know, a uh, guy that's played standard, lie angle, can play a four degree upright. He figures, oh, it's four degrees upright. I'll, I'll figure that out and figure it and hit it straighter. Yeah. So as humans, we adapt quickly to what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so once you see the result, then you're like, oh, mm, I don't like that slice. So that's why we try and minimize it to three or four good swings. Gotcha. So it is really a partnership conversation, yeah. so to speak. Is there, like, go ahead, I'm sorry. It's, it's like an interview process, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, you figure out what they're doing, what's wrong, what do they want to do, what do they want to get better at with that particular club. Mm-hmm. And then you figure out from that, own, their own club, you know, now you have launch monitor, it makes it a little easier. Right. See that data. And then now you can correct that data with whether it's a head shaft combination or just a shaft combination. So, you know, you've been through fittings. Yep. And it's the same thing. You know, you know when you like something, 
and when you don't like something. Right, oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, so you provide that feedback, and feedback from the, the golfer is the most important thing. You know, without your feedback, you know, yeah. we can look at the launch monitor, but you might be perfect on the launch monitor, but you're like, ah, I really don't like it for some reason. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, is that sometimes the golfer will kind of trump what the numbers might say if they don't like the way it feels. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it comes back to, is that particular combo within an acceptable range? Right, because right. we're not robots, right. and we're not going to be able to swing. Um, you know, re repeat that same swing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so, as the golfer hits the ball, he's the most important piece of this the puzzle, right? Right, right. And he tells us if this is good, if this is bad, or eh. So the golfer needs to communicate that with the fitter. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So once again, listeners, we're sitting here at Hammock Beach Resort with uh, Mr. Danny Lee of US Team Amia. We've got just a couple more minutes left, and we've got a lot of great content that's going to be going out on the THP forum the next couple of days. Uh, we have dinner tonight with everybody. Look, really looking forward to that. As far as the products that they're going to see, and maybe even for those THPers that aren't here, what are some of the big takeaways that you would like them to know from UST and the offerings they have right now? The main thing is that we have products that will fit every golfer out there. Know, whether it's the, the tour professional to the 30 handicap, we have a, a breadth of product that will fit them, whether it's recoil product mm. or whether it's helium, link, a toss product. There's something out there for everyone. And the main thing is also is that, you know, we're looking at the average consumer. We're chasing that category, whereas a lot of uh, the competitors are chasing that tour player and, and drive it down that way. Gotcha. We think that the average consumer who plays golf on a daily basis, those are the people that we need to help fit the most. Those are the golfers that, that, that go out there, that pay money to play around in golf, that pay money for green fees, that pay money for you know dinner, mm -hmm. lunches, whatever it is, and golf equipment. And I think those golfers deserve the best R&D in the market. And that's, that's the main thing with U.S. Team and me, I think. You know, the focus on the average consumer, average golfer out there. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I appreciate the most about companies like yours. Uh, once again, folks, that is Mr. Danny Lee of US Team Amia. Danny, thanks so much for sitting down. I'm looking forward to tonight, and we're going to have a great weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Those guys are going to be in, in for a treat. I mean, I think the THB community in general is going to be for a treat because, uh, you know, we try to make them feel like a, a PGA Tour player. Nice. You know, get them to the resort, play golf at a world-class facility, you know, fitting on, with the, one of the best launch monitors in the world, mm. fitting with the best equipment in the world, shaft and stuff like that. So I think making them feel like a tour player and then giving them that experience of what that feels like, I think it's going to be it's going to be a great weekend. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>